Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Hey, welcome. Hey. Generosity. (laughs) And thank you. At least a couple people joined in with John. I will never join in, so I really (laughs) count on everybody else. Natalie, next week, you're You're going to lead it out. It's going to be great. I'll do my voice exercise. (laughs) (laughs) See, we've given you notice. You can prepare. (laughs) Yeah, so we are here for another week on generosity because we we were talking and we just had some really great stories to share and some hard stories about people being generous in our lives that we got to either see from afar, that we got to experience um, the positive and the negative side. And so we were just talking about how influential that is in our lives and really starting us off and thinking about generosity, but even kind of what ends up proving out in the rest of our lives. So verse, uh, actually chapter 19, verse 17 says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. So we've talked in the last two weeks all about how, you know, we can't expect that we're going to be repaid like dollar for dollar or anything like that. But uh, when I was a kid, my dad was a dentist, and I expected that meant we weren't going to be poor. And that was an unmet expectation. Um, And I was really frustrated in the heat of summer that I had to drive around in a beat-up Buick Skylark Mm. that was a fake convertible, so you couldn't even open the top, and there was no AC, and there was no powers. It was just the worst. And how old were you? Around seven. Seven. Okay. When he was driving, driving something's indelible. Yeah. (laughs) My dad was driving, and it just didn't. I was upset. I was upset about this, and it. I knew that often my dad, if the insurance or uh, Medicaid wouldn't pay for people's uh, bills, that he wouldn't make them pay. And he worked in an area where it was all elderly, fixed income. And I was like, just figure out a way to to make your business work. Come on, man. Let's get some AC. And uh, legitimately upset. And uh, it would have only been five years later that my dad passed away unexpectedly. And, uh, there were people who knew what my dad was about and not too long after he passed away, a dentist came to us and said, um, I love your dad very much. I know who he was and you'll never pay for dental work for the rest of my practice. And I needed braces and like a lot of teeth pulled and all of this stuff that was going to cost crazy money. And a orthodontist came and said, I want to do that for your free, for you for free because I loved your dad and I know how he worked. And when you look at whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, we have been given so much that we get to be generous, that we get to provide for others. And we don't expect that that's going to be repaid, but it turns out that God is going to repay him for his deed. And in this case, he didn't repay my dad. He repaid my dad's family when my dad was no longer there to make money or to provide for us. And so God was storing up provision that we could have never expected. And I, it has marked me my whole life. It's not interesting. Your dad all along knew my family needs to be taught this, even though they're not going to like it in the dead of summer for a while. (laughs) Uh, And it has worked. It has become huge value to you. And that's a powerful, powerful reality. It is. E- even though it was unpleasant and unwelcome in your life, now we watch 
how that affected your life by your own sacrifice, your own generosity. And we've seen a lot of times over the last decade. Yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of make me want to cry to think of how God chooses to, in his kindness, reframe what is good for us. Mm -hmm. And all those, it's more potent for the times I was way too hot in my black shoes that felt like <laughs> furnaces. Um, it, it makes me cry all the more mm -hmm. for the pain that I then got, he, I saw redeemed in that. And yeah. it's just, it's very potent for me. Yeah. It's amazing how those positive examples do just kind of get into our DNA and and come out even when you didn't like it at the time, but they still prove out later in what you watched be modeled. And Tim, you were telling us about something that kind of was as opposite as you can get. The complete opposite. I met uh, someone recently, um, an elderly person who had been successful in their life and had a lot of money that was overflowing in their own personal bank accounts. Um, they lived in their California beachfront property, hoarding their belongings, just getting old alone with their things filling up their house. And it was just sad to see. Um, and it, yeah, it makes me think of the opposite of, of all of what, what we're talking yeah. about. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it was you were also talking about then that man, I think you were saying that he... He um, is suffering a little bit, has uh, dementia. Um, but to watch that generational effect, like how David's father taught him to be generous, but that this man's hoarding. So, yeah, then this man's family had gotten, because he has dementia, they got the power of attorney to, you know, take care of his um, estate and his things. And I watched them, too, um, talk about, how, on the one hand, how the house was just full of stuff, and on the other hand, how much the stuff was worth and whether or not they should get rid of it. And they weren't demented. <laughs> they, it was just, it was a thing that, you know, carried on in the, the family. Yeah. 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 Because if that's what you're, if that's what you see growing up is that you need to collect in one way or another items or money or whatever, you need to, to, always be kind of hoarding that then that's what's going to even if you disapprove of how somebody else did it they're <laughs> you know how could you have all these items but then you can store up instead with money that you get from selling those items or just that that heart behind it also can get can get passed down from what we see <laughs> yeah it's funny kind of thinking about one extreme is someone that would you know have money and work for it and be greedy but then you look at them and they just they're unhappy. They're not, they don't have a happy heart. And then you can look at someone, the opposite is reminds me of my mom who, no, we're not wealthy and we're not, we don't have a ton of money, but what she has, she'll give, whether it's time or her skills of baking or of her event planning or anything and the little money she does have, she'll, she'll give it away. So it's just a matter of the heart. It doesn't matter necessarily what you have or what you do for it, but the intention, like we were talking about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think about my mom, too, who always has been really lavish in experience. Mm -hmm. And so what she does when she she isn't here half the year, but when she is, she throws birthday parties for foster kids. Mm -hmm. And it takes up so much time because <laughs> she, like, makes all the crafts herself and, like, all of this work that goes into it that the kids don't even know about. Um, and, you know, her own resources and, and all of this to throw these incredible birthday parties mm -hmm. and... I've never once seen her, you know, like 
exhausted by it or like maybe from like a long day, but it brings her so much joy. It brings her so much gladness that it, and brings her so much energy because it's her heart behind it. It's not, she's not counting the hours that it's taking to do. She's not counting the money that it takes to do. Mm-hmm. It's getting to give that generous and lavish experience to people that don't normally get to have it. And I know that I noticed that coming out with like some of our high school girls and stuff that I just will get these like lavish ideas of things that I want to do that I know would bless them. I usually don't act on it because they're usually really unrealistic, but <laughs> of, of just wanting to not just give someone just enough, not just throw them like an okay birthday party, but to yeah. throw these over the top, wonderful celebrations for people. Um, and I think that just really flows out of, yeah, who the character that she has. That makes me think of my mom, probably the most generous person I know, almost to a fault where like, I have a son and my house is my house is slowly just filling with Tonka trucks. <laughs> <laughs> she knows it. That's just yeah. her, her way of like loving us and it. it's yeah, it's so sweet and I think she's passed it down to us too. Yeah. yeah. Moms, man. <laughs> In Proverbs uh, twenty one it says the desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse labor. All day long he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. And some of this language may feel archaic, um, but it's really poignant to see all day long he craves and craves. And that is not a matter of how much we have. It is, it's, it's regardless of how much we get, we're always going to crave and crave and crave. But the righteous gives and does not hold back. And when grace enters into your life, you get reframed into, it's not that I am getting righteous there. I want to get righteous. So I'm going to do this. It's God has made me with this new heart. And so he has given me the ability not only to enjoy my labor and not only to have fruit for my labor, but for it to bring light and hope and redemption into the places where I am. And so if I was born in this time and I can only be born in one time, um, and I am here then God has given me the gift of being able to be not just light, but to be hands on right now. And I think about like, why would we want, why would we want to crave and crave and crave for ourselves when we could give and not hold back? And I have to remind myself of that sometimes of like, what am I here for? It's God wants to bless me with the ability to do his work because it is my best purpose. It's what he made me for. It's why I'm new. Hmm. I was thinking about what David said earlier about not worrying about the consequence of your gift. And and it drew me to think about Dr. Bill Kirkwood when I was in seminary. Somewhere in there in the conversations, he decided to help me with my seminary. And it was a huge gift huge, huge gift. And I always wanted to be worthy of his gift. And and after I got done with school and I was in the pastorate and I was doing stuff, I would, anything that I was doing, if we were doing a sharky player, I'd invite him and he, he'd never come to anything. It was Granted, we were in Arizona, he was in California, but they had a thing for his retirement. And Stacy and I went out and I wanted to come up and thank him again. And, uh, he had to be reminded of what he did. He he, he just mm-hmm. said, "Tell me again now. Uh, what what was that? Oh, seminary. That's nice. That's nice. I, well, thank you for reminding me of that he had wow. almost no memory of it. And I'm 
I have nothing but memory of it. Yeah. it it's been so powerful to me. Mm-hmm. But he, so it's a seminary, huh? I help. Oh, that's, thank you for reminding me. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? He just knew, Lord, this is what you want me to do. That's amazing. Well, well, that's a that's a great story to end on. And so we are going to take off, but we'll see you next week on the True Face Podcast. See you next week. See Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye.